0: Hi, Dr. Clarkson. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, a life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you out here today. You are doing wonderful work. You are running for U.S. Senate for New Mexico, uh, looking to bring uh, jobs back and and help the general population build jobs, build the economy, and and a, n- a number of other wonderful things. We're going to talk also today a little bit about the cultural breakdown all across the United States. This kind of division and crisis of culture. Um, but I want to get it started. What brought you into the world of politics.
1: Well, it's it's been an interesting journey. I'm I'm actually, uh, I'm an endangered species, and then I'm a Christian conservative, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-Israel Republican college professor. Um, And so I, you know, given that academia is inherently hostile to conservatives, I I didn't, I wasn't politically active in any way, uh, Mm -hmm. but I got pulled into the Trump administration as the uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary for Policy and Economic Development, and uh, basically, I was the uh, the senior job creator in the Department of Interior, um, but then an opportunity presented itself to run for an open seat here in New Mexico, so I had to resign my position, uh, move back to New Mexico, and run for office. But uh, I'm, I'm not a career politician by any stretch, and I'm still figuring a lot of this stuff out as we go along.
0: Yeah, and I, I love that, and I, that's really I think what attracted a lot of people to Trump is the fact that he's not a career politician. People, some people are like, "Well, you know, he has more experience." When you are a career politician, I'm like, "Yeah, how well has that worked out, boys and girls?" Um yeah. and sometimes I think it's great that us, you know, a teacher from school, me, a broadcaster, that you know, ordinary folks go out there and run for whatever office, city council, because really, the whole United States was meant to be run by the people, in which case, you know, get off your buns and go run for office, you know, so I love that you're going out there and taking that, that initiative, because it's not easy. Um, you know, also, your family background is Native American. Your dad was a Native American and was one of the first to fly a jet in the Navy.
1: Right, both, both my parents are tribal members. Uh, my, my father started out as an orphaned Indian kid in Chickasha, Oklahoma, during the Dust Bowl days of the Depression. Um, and he was so broke, but he would tell you he was not broke. He was not poor. He was just broke, uh, mm. because you know, poor is a state of mind, whereas broke is, a mer- is merely an insufficiency of cash flow. Mm. But he was so broke that he was digging through other Indians' garbage cans for food. Mm. Uh, in 1943, he decided two things. He was sick and tired of poverty. He was mad at the Japanese for bombing Pearl Harbor. So he joined the Navy and never looked back. By 1948, he became the first American Indian to fly a jet. By 1962, he was the senior nuclear targeting strategist for all of NATO. Mm-hmm. So I am proof positive that Indian poverty is not a life sentence. But I don't want to sell my mom short. Too. My mom was also a, uh, a tribal member. Uh, and, uh, and she is also an amazing woman who came up also from abject poverty. Mm-hmm. And through sheer will, determination, and education, um, she actually ended up getting a position at NATO headquarters alongside my dad. And that's actually how my parents met. Uh, People ask you, how did your parents meet? In my case, my parents met when they were spies in Paris.
0: Wow. Well, that's some story. That could be a whole novel there.
1: (laughs) My my parents, I'm sure they were there. One of totally only a handful of American Indians in Paris at the time. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely. Well, what I love about this, and this is the one reason that the entire world I feel, when I go across and I, I travel the world, you've got this love-hate thing. Oh, Americans, they think they're so la la la, whatever. But on the other hand, everyone wants to come here to build a better life. My great grandma did. She came from from Germany, Hungary, she was you know on the border. Uh, and she and like my grandma and my dad, they wanted to build a better life. And and, and that's something that you recognize when you come here a lot of times as an immigrant and you come through the you know, right channels like my grandma great grandma did coming through Ellis Island and then my dad through normal immigration that, Hey, I, I want to build a better life. And, and this is the place to do it and you can do it. And I love that your dad said, Hey, I'm poor today. That doesn't mean I'm poor tomorrow because poor is a state of mind.
1: Yes. And so he just, like I said, he said he was broke and broke, he didn't want to be broke anymore. And so for him and his escape from poverty was the Navy. Uh-huh. Uh, my mom my, my, and both my, my mom was, is also a, a school teacher. She's a retired American Indian folklore professor. Mm-hmm. um they that's what, that's what she did after her stint in the defense intelligence agency yeah. um but they, you know they they they're amazing people and and part of what part of who i am is because of the values they instilled in me growing up
0: mm. and so tell me what is your hope to to do in uh in new mexico to help the population what what do you want to do to help the people what is your core value set
1: well the main reason i'm running for office is real simple my students can't get jobs in new mexico when they graduate 95% of my students have to leave the state in order to find a job. Why is That's that? Ins- well, because we're, we're, we're the worst economy in, in the country. We're the poorest state in the country. Unfortunately, we have had the uh, the, the the left in charge of far too much for far too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Forbes magazine ranks us as the most business unfriendly state in the entire country. And so we, we, we don't have a good solid economic base. And people saying, well, Gavin, you're, you're running for federal office to be a U.S. senator. How do you impact? local economies well it also turns out that about two-thirds of new mexico is federal land and so the federal government has a disproportionate impact on the economy here in new mexico
0: yeah how did the federal government get a hold of that much land
1: well it it, it was started as the new mexico territory and so it was originally all quote-unquote federal land and they started giving out leases and, and private land but also keep in mind we have a large tribal population here Mm-hmm. Um, about 10% of the uh, of, of the uh, the voting uh, voting population are tribal members. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, 18 pueblos, and there's another pueblo that has uh, t- uh, that has uh, a lot of uh, citizens that are here in Las Cruces, where I'm where I'm uh, dialing in from. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, you've also have the Navajo Nation, which is the largest tribe in the country, uh, both in terms of population and in terms of land area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have uh, three different Apache tribes, two with major presence here. One has is based in Oklahoma, but has a small presence here. So we have a large tribal population here, and all of those tribes are under the thumb of the federal government as well. Yeah. Well,
0: you know what I, I get from a lot of the states that, my, I, that are run by the left is this whole victimology um, attitude. And, and for me, what I've gathered over the years is that when you stay in victimhood, like when your dad said, I, I refuse to be seeing myself as poor, I see myself as broke today because I'm going to get out of this. When you mm-hmm. see yourself in some sort of box that you put yourself in, whether it be poverty or this box or that box, or I'm a woman, so that makes it that I can't move up, that just puts you in a box where, hey, you put yourself in victimhood. And and that mm-hmm. mentality, that mindset keeps people stuck and keeps people from growing and, and being their best, their fullest potential.
1: Well, that's absolutely true, and and, and certainly you know, in our tribal populations, there, there was also a lot of uh, – the, the federal government's done a lot of bad things. And you you will not find you you won't find any group uh, that has had a systematic series of broken promises more so uh, than our Indian tribes. Uh, and yet, if you look at it, the uh, the presidents that have been best for Indian tribes, particularly those here in New Mexico, were all Republicans. Uh, when New Mexico entered the union, uh, Abraham Lincoln made it a point to give uh, uh, Lincoln what well, they're called Lincoln canes. He, he gave uh, a walking cane to each of the tribal leaders in New Mexico to uh, let them know that he recognized them as sovereign governments as New Mexico was entering the union. Mm. Um, you had, uh, you had uh, Ronald Reagan uh, was the, the president who not only ended a terrible congressional policy called termination, but also recognized that uh, the that, that double taxation of, tri- of, of job creators in Indian country uh, mm. would be uh, severely damaging to tribal economies, and he was right. And in fact, that's one of my major components for economic stimulus and job creation here in New Mexico is basically saying, look, if you want to come create a job on a reservation, there's no reason that you you should be taxed extra just because you're white. And yet that's our current situation. Most people have no idea that that's the case, but that double taxation uh, has been devastating to tribal economies. It's the most expensive place to do business anywhere in the country is on an Indian reservation. Mm -hmm. If you're not Indian. Because the state government gets to come in and tax you extra just because. Yeah. And the, so- tax,
0: the tax could be a whole other um, show because the extreme taxation from all places, you hear the phone company, you hear that little commercial Mr. Surcharge. And I get my mm-hmm. you know, my nice little um, uniform or whatever on, on you all. Because it's like, if you think about it, at the end of the day, why would be taxed? And then the government, uh, local and otherwise, and the federal government has an unlimited check to spend where they want, where the, whenever they want, without giving us an itemization of how you're spending our money.
1: Well, and, and don't let state governments off the hook either. I mean, you know, unfortunately, New Mexico is a, is a, is a tax-and-spend liberal stronghold as well, although we're try- that's part of the reason we're trying to, we're trying to change that. Um, but if you look at the regulatory oppression, you look at the excessive taxation, it's no wonder on our, on, our, on our Indian reservations, the unemployment is at 56%. Um, and we, I think we're either number one or number two in terms of bad unemployment numbers. And it's not just unemployment. One of the things people also need to look at is what's called the labor participation rate, because that measures the number of people that have just given up and aren't even looking for work anymore. And uh, and New Mexico is is in bad shape, both in terms of our unemployment numbers, as well as uh, we have one of the lowest labor participation rates in the country.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious. Tell me from your perspective, uh, Dr. Clarkson, why would uh, people in a particular state who have had bad dealings or their states doing poorly with uh, leftist ideology of victimhood, why would they continue to vote folks in with that same ideology over and over and over again when clearly over and over and over again the states are not doing well?
1: Well, part of that is that that Republicans have got to do a better job and conservatives have got to do a better job Mm -hmm. of reaching people's hearts. And one of the things is, you know, it's a kitchen table issue. And I don't care what party you are, Republican, Democrat, you know, independent, libertarian, or even a communist, you need a job. Yeah. And and so, you know, my vision for New Mexico is one that connects with people. Again, I, I was blessed by growing up with a grandmother at home. And I'm a firm believer in the cultural value of extended family networks. And unfortunately, if, you know, we, we lose that when our kids uh, when our kids leave. And I'm, you know a lot of people, a lot of the elitists have all uh, sold this lie that you're a failure if you don't go to college. Mm. But I'm a big proponent of vocational education as well. Yeah, I'm dangerously overeducated. And I'm a college professor. I can tell you more than half of what universities teach is totally useless. Since I'm in the business school, I like to think that I'm teaching part of the useful half. Mm. But I also teach vocational education in the energy sector and in the tech sector. And, you know, there's a reason why plumbers make more money than poets do. And as somebody who has changed the wax ring on a toilet, I understand why we pay plumbers so much. And yeah. so my, my vision for New Mexico, mm-hmm. and it's one that I think we can share regardless of party affiliation, is imagine a New Mexico mm-hmm. where we raise up our kids, we send them off to school, whether it be trade school or whether it be college, mm-hmm. but then they come back to New Mexico and they get a good paying job in the community where they grew up mm-hmm. and they raise their families there. They get, and we get to watch our grandbabies rodeo and do little league on the weekend. That's awesome. That is a vision for New Mexico that we can all share, regardless of party or no party at all.
0: Yeah, I love that because for so long, and, and this is true, and I'm embarrassed to say, for years I did not vote because I did not like who was put before me, Republican or otherwise, Democrat, whatever. And and now I've like a lot of people started to think about like, oh my gosh, I got to go out there and vote. But a lot of us are so concerned with just the people in Capitol Hill, the presidency or whatever, but totally forgetting about the state and local government, the ones that make the greatest impact on us. And that we, as I said earlier, you know, like you, a wonderful citizen deciding I'm going to make a change. I'm going to get us back on track and get jobs out there, but that we can all be contributing factors to building that in our state. And like you're doing for New Mexico.
1: Well, but I do, the, the U S Senate race for New Mexico is a national race because mm-hmm. we are, you know, we, we don't have a strong majority in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got you got a couple wishy-washy Republicans uh, that, that that aren't willing to stand strong on core conservative principles, mm-hmm. and and we can't win. Yeah. So we need to in, not only not only make sure we have a strong majority. You know, ideally we need to be able to get up to sixty votes uh, of people who who share our values. And 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 there are you know there are Democrats on some issues where you know they're they're not entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know we need to be able to find that common ground and. Mm-hmm. But we need to make sure when it's really important that we can stand strong on core conservative principles and make sure that we have that kind of majority in the Senate. And so that's why my race, even though it's for the U.S. Senate seats from New Mexico, mm-hmm. he is getting a lot of attention nationwide. Because actually, it's, this is the only open seat in the entire country that the Democrats are having to defend. And after I got in the race, uh, one of the polling organizations, Rasmussen, I think, Actually reshuffled uh, their 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 predictions and now views the race that I'm in as the most competitive open seat in the entire country. Yeah. So I'm actually getting uh, getting donors from all over the country. I would obviously encourage uh, your viewers and your listeners to go to GavinClarkson.com and and help us out as much as you can because mm-hmm. we need to not only maintain but strengthen our mm-hmm. conservative majority in the United States Senate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that everyone can get involved and make that a a reality. What do you find is maybe the biggest misconception with voters out there across the United States?
1: Well, a lot of them assume that New Mexico can't be won. They assume that it's too far gone, you know, that it it went blue in 2018. But what happens, and it always happens, the, the, the radical left, and in this case in New Mexico, the Democrat Party is split between the old style Democrats and the new, you know, call them socialists, call them, you know, quasi-communists, whatever. But the the ultra left has actually taken over their party and they really overplayed their hand in this last legislative session. Uh, unfortunately, New Mexico was already the late-term abortion capital of the Western hemisphere. Uh, we actually, unfortunately, have late-term abortion tourism to New Mexico, uh, but that wasn't enough for the progressive left. So they actually were trying to remove conscience protections for doctors and nurses who didn't want to perform an abortion. Um, and that, that allowed us on, on, on the pro-life side of, of the aisle to say, you know, we actually were able to force them to admit, not only did they support abortion up until the day of birth, but we had, then were able to highlight the fact that it is official University of New Mexico hospital policy, the state-run hospital, that if a baby survives an abortion attempt, the official state policy is to toss that baby in the sink and watch it die.
0: That's sick.
1: And th- absolutely, that level of depravity and barbarity was something that most New Mexicans had no idea that that's what the Democrat Party stood for. Yeah, and you know, so you, yeah go. And so you're going you're gonna to have folks from all over New Mexico, many of them who've never voted for a Republican in their life, saying that, I'm sorry. Uh, abortion up until the day of birth is just not the, you know, that's not the party that they remember. They're not the party of the green new deal They They don't like the idea of killing all the energy jobs. And the energy sector is the only sector in New Mexico that's actually propping up the entire state economy. And then you have, you know, the, obviously they're, they're, they're in for you know hundred percent gun confiscation. You know, the idea is, Oh gee, well, you can own a gun, but you got to keep it locked up at the sheriff's office, which doesn't do you much good when the sheriff's office might be an hour drive away. If you live in rural New Mexico, hmm.
0: Wow. This is just so, and I, I I do agree. I think some of the, uh, the democratic party, some of the people in it have become so far left that, uh, you know, most normal people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, Killing a baby outside the womb now. Seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it become uh, you know, and, and in civil society, I never thought we'd get to a place where killing our unborn children would be like, Oh, no big deal. Just toss it out in the sink. I mean, seriously, uh, think about it. Yeah. The idea of your own unborn children, someone convincing you that it's your right to kill your unborn children. Why should you see it as murder? You just decide well, you don't want it, and therefore it's not murder.
1: It's legalized infanticide, and that gets to your your the theme for you having for your show of the of the culture the cultural crisis in America. Yeah, uh, we do have uh, a a crisis in our culture. We we have devalued life. And you can look at a lot of the things that have started happening as major social ills, mm-hmm. and a lot of them started coming you know coming to fruition after 1973. Once we decided. That life was no longer worth uh, protecting. Yeah. Um, and so you know the 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 abortion issue, and I mean, a lot of people say, you know, that you know, I'm a man, I should have no voice in abortion, except for I'm a human being, yeah. and I view it as as a human rights issue. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, the uh, both, you know, both the likely Demo- either the likely Democrat Senate nominees are, the, you know, they get tons of money from Planned Parenthood, they're all, you know, they 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 support abortion up until the day of birth. Yeah. And from and when I was in grad school, I actually ran a crisis pregnancy center. I was chairman of the board mm-hmm. uh, of a crisis pregnancy center in Boston, which is a rather hostile place to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't view that as an issue to run away from. I, I view it as an issue to run towards yeah. because 70 percent of pro-choice Democrats have a serious problem with abortion in the ninth month. Yeah. Yet both of my likely opponent, either of my likely opponents have already have already committed that that's their position is abortion up until the day of birth. That
0: it, to me, it's insanity, and it's a loss of morality, it, incomplete. I mean, first, we took the Bible out of the uh, school system in, in the 1960s, I believe, and then abortion. And all of it has just been bleeding, because the thing, whether you're a Christian or not, the Bible has a set of moralities to live by, and, and that's something that's being lost, not just with abortion, but just in how you live your life. As a moral part. Like mm-hmm. someone said the other day, there was an accident, and what do people do? They pulled out their phone and started taking pictures of it instead of calling for help oh look i can put this on my instagram instead of saying here's a person in need we're losing our humanity so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm so 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 grateful to you dr clarkson for all you're doing for new mexico and for this u.s senate and for the united the entire united states i thank you so much and and for sharing your wisdom today thank you so much
1: well absolutely it was a pleasure to be on with you and again you know I'd, i'd encourage your your viewers and your listeners uh, to follow me on Facebook uh, at Gavin for New Mexico, you, or you can search Gavin, Gavin Clarkson for United States for U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter at, at Dr. Gavin Clarkson. Uh, but the most important thing is go to GavinClarkson.com and hit that donate button because, unfortunately, Senate, Senate races are very expensive and I need all the help I can get.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for coming to share your great brilliance today on Savvy Broadcasting.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: If you like this episode, please share and leave your comments. To find out more about paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.